0: Welcome back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. My name is Jo, I am a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counsellor here to smash the taboo of binge eating. Thank you so much for being here today. Before I get into today's podcast, I just want to say a big heartfelt thank you to everybody who has reached out to me by Instagram and on email It really does bring me so much joy to know that you are finding the podcast valuable and thank you for being here every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. So just wanted to say that before we get going. Today I'm going to talk about something that you may have not even considered to be linked with binge eating and that is the use of tracking apps such as MyFitnessPal, which is the most popular one, but there are lots out there. So whatever app that you use to track calories, track fitness, that's what I'm talking about. Before I get into it, I just want to give my usual disclaimer. Please don't take any healthcare advice from a podcast, not my podcast, not any podcast. Always seek out the professional opinion from your healthcare provider, such as your GP or your primary care doctor. And of course, if you have used an app like MyFitnessPal and you found it to be really beneficial, it didn't take away from your relationship with food, it didn't make you feel crazy or obsessed around food, then that's fine. I am happy for you. You know my motto. Once you're happy, I'm happy. But today I'm speaking to you. You who is really struggling with your relationship with food and it's worsened when you use apps like MyFitnessPal. Pal. You may not even realize that these apps are triggering disordered eating behaviors, but it is very likely that they are. I'm going to touch on my personal experience using these apps because, yep, hands up, I have used my fitness pal in the past to track calories in and out. And I'm a dietitian, I should know better, but I did and I found it to be extremely harmful. So if I have felt that is it has impacted my relationship with food and I have all this professional ex- expertise and insight and qualifications, I know that you need this information. But this isn't just a podcast with me yapping on about my personal experience with using these apps. There is some body of research that has shown an association between using fitness tracking apps and eating disorders. To give a little bit of background and a bit of context to this, MyFitnessPal has about 200 million users and about a 4.7 star rating on the Play Store. So it is clearly a very popular app. It was recently sold. It was owned by Under Armour. Under Armour is a fitness clothing company. I'm sure if you've used the app that you're familiar with their logo, They use the app so people would get into the fitness journey and want to lose weight, track calories, quote unquote, get fit. And then they may be inspired to buy their clothing as a result. MyFitnessPal states on their website that the more consistently you track your calories, the more likely you are to lose weight. And this is nothing new. This is something that we've heard before. Every slimming group or weight loss program encourages tracking of some sort. They may not promote it using a fancy app, but they will promote food diaries or some kind of wellness journal. So what I'm trying to say here is tracking is not revolutionary. It's just a team of very expert software developers have created this very swanky app. In case you're not familiar with the technology, When you sign up to the app, you have to put in your weight, your height and your weight loss goal. So it's very weight centric from the onset. And with that information, it will drum up this arbitrary calorie goal that if you stick to and if you consistently track, you will reach your weight loss goal in a specific amount of time. The last diet I ever did, and ever will do, was about two and a half years ago, and I used my fitness pal for about a period of three months. What I found most dangerous, most harmful, but also the most desirable part of using my fitness pal is the bit where you track in everything that you've eaten for the day. So you weigh out your foods and then you add in the data into the app. And at the end of the day, it gives you the option to, I I can't remember the term that it used, but it's something like submit data or submit day when you finish eating for the day. So when you click submit, it flashes up this notice that says, if you ate like this every day for the next five or six weeks, you would weigh and it gives a number based on what you've put in in your initial data at the setup and what you've eaten that day. That one moment in the day made the whole day worth it. The whole day of dieting was worth it when I had that moment at the end where I click submit and got this flash up of, wow, if I ate like this every day for five weeks, I'm going to be X amount lighter. If you have used the app to try and lose weight, you know exactly what I'm talking about that feeling at the end of the day, at the end of a day of swapping foods around so you make sure you fit into your perfect calorie allowance, swapping out different foods so that you can increase your protein intake or skipping a meal or not having something like an apple because it's too many calories. When you are finished a day of that, clicking that submit button was just Everything. And I believe that if that option itself didn't exist, the app would not be so alluring and so tempting for people to turn to. The second thing that I found really triggering and really took me away from a good relationship with food is that I was turning away foods that I didn't know the calorie content of or I had no way to find it out. So, for example, I remember back then my mother in law sent this big batch of. Jams and she makes the most amazing jams. She's from Eastern Europe. We can't even conceive how good these jams are. There's nothing like them in Ireland. And I refused to eat them because I had absolutely no idea what the calorie content of it was. Using my fitness pal turned me into some kind of just a human calculator. And the most important thing was that I knew exactly what was in the food. And paid completely no attention to if i actually liked the food or the impact this has on my social situation by not eating certain foods. And lastly, before i get to the research behind this, this app felt like it controlled my life, like it dictated how i spent my day. If i met a friend for lunch on a saturday afternoon, there was absolutely no way that i could also go around to another friend's for dinner or have any kind of special meal that night it would have had to been something very boring very bland because the app wouldn't allow for more than quote-unquote one treat in one day it becomes normal to buy yourself more calories by going for an extra long walk or doing another workout so that you have more calories banked up so that you are able to eat more without gaining weight I think my experience is likely quite similar to yours, but if you had any different experience using MyFitnessPal or any other tracking app, I would love to hear it. So please do drop me a DM or an email and let me know how you got on with it. Moving on now into the research behind these apps and the association with eating disorders. In 2017, Levinson and colleagues conducted a study of 105 people who were recently discharged from eating disorder treatment. 96% of them were female and their average age was 25. So these 105, mainly women, were recruited to complete questionnaires of anxiety, depression and eating disorder symptoms. Out of the 105 participants, 78, so 74%, reported that they had used MyFitnessPal to track calories. Out of these 78, one third reported that MyFitnessPal very much contributed to their eating disorder. Almost 75% reported it at least somewhat contributed to their eating disorder. And approximately 18% reported that it did not contribute to their eating disorder at all. So, 30% said it very much did, 75% said it somewhat did, and 18% reported that it didn't at all. Of course, I can't say here, and the study doesn't say that my fitness pal caused the eating disorder or its symptoms, but with almost 75% reporting that it at least somewhat contributed to their diagnosed eating disorder, it certainly does show a link or an association between the two. Secondly, There was another study done in 2019 by researcher Jake Lenarden. He recruited 122 male participants with an average age of 28. And they didn't have an eating disorder when they were recruited. But they did use fitness-related social media sites. And that's actually how they recruited participants for the study. Of the group of 122 males, 69 of them, which was about 57%, reported that they had used MyFitnessPal to track their calories either now or in the past. Those 69 men were then asked whether they felt that it contributed to any pattern of disordered eating. Of the 69 men, 42% reported that MyFitnessPal did not contribute to disordered eating. So 42% said it didn't contribute at all. About a quarter, 27.5% or 19 men, said it contributed somewhat or moderately. And 10%, which is seven men, said that it contributed very much. Interestingly, a fifth or 14 men of the 69 users did not answer the question. Again, does this prove that MyFitnessPal causes disordered eating or eating disorders? No, it definitely doesn't however twenty six of the sixty nine my fitness pal users, which is thirty eight percent report that my fitness pal contributed to some level of disordered eating and remember, in this group, there was no diagnosis of any eating disorder when they were recruited. So is this important? I really think it is. When I used the app two years ago, I forked out I think it was about forty pounds for the premium version. And I was so bitter afterwards, I couldn't believe that I had actually paid that money for an app. However, the truth is that some people pay a far higher price. And although there is no research to say this conclusively, the media has reported cases of young people who claim that tracking their food intake is the primary cause of their diagnosed eating disorder. And the app actually responded to this and said that they do take measures to protect against disordered eating and eating disorders. If a user logs too few calories and at the end of their day, they submit their calories and it's less than about 800, that an alert will show up that less than 800 calories is likely not sufficient to meet daily needs. And it won't give that weight forecast for if you eat like this every day for five weeks what is going to happen to your weight. The thing is though people aren't stupid and they find loopholes to get around these measures that the app puts in place. There was a study done by McHague in 2019 and it looked at what people who use MyFitnessPal say about it on Reddit boards. The study found that people didn't really have to go to great lengths to get through these loopholes. All they would have to do is switch to a different device or attempt to deceive the app by misrecording their data in a direction that facilitates weight loss. For example, overestimating calorie intake and underestimating exercise. And if you use the app, you'll know that you are able to share your profile with your friends. So on these Reddit boards, in this study that McCaig did in 2019, it found that users were swapping their usernames in a bid to compete with each other to see who could get the lowest amount of calories or who could lose the most weight and this is something that we see in eating disorder treatment centers quite a lot there is a competitive nature with eating disorders and there is a, a kind of rank that exists that some eating disorders are more severe than the others and unfortunately, individuals compete with each other to get to the most severe case of disordered eating. Bringing it back to the question we began with, does MyFitnessPal cause eating disorders? The truth is, there isn't one single cause of eating disorders, so we can't say that it definitively does. Eating disorders are the result of a combination of genetic, psychological, environmental and biological factors. While using MyFitnessPal pal, probably doesn't cause eating disorders alone it is definitely possible that it may exacerbate any tendencies that already exist. As I've spoken about lots before perfectionism and been really rigid in your dietary intake is really conducive to disordered eating and my fitness pal encourages that. Tracking calories in and calories out may encourage someone with an eating disorder tendency to get fixated and rigid on the numbers, aiming for a perfect day with a consistent calorie deficit, no matter what the social circumstances are, even if it means tracking at a family dinner or at a birthday party. If you still use these apps or you dip in and out or they're still on your phone, just think about What would happen if you deleted them and moved on? How does that make you feel? Does that fill you with anxiety and dread because you rely on the app so much now to tell you what to eat? If so, you may benefit from some one-to-one support. So either reach out to your GP or seek help from a registered dietitian, registered nutritionist or a psychotherapist. All right, guys, I am going to leave you there. Thank you again for joining me if you liked today's episode, do let me know. I'm on Instagram at binge.eating.dietitian. I would love to hear from you. I'm going to leave you now with another 30 second cereal box review, and I will see you in the next episode. Getting Better Bite by Bite, a survival kit for sufferers of bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorders by UK-based Ulrike Schmidt, Janet Treasure, and June Alexander. This is one of the best books written for bulimia and binge eating disorders. Why I recommend this book is that the authors are some of the best researchers of eating disorders in the UK and they have come together to produce this really easy to read but professional guide for how to get through whatever kind of eating disorder that you are experiencing.